Alright everybody, welcome to episode 38 of Toonsmate. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. Ray, this week had an opportunity to catch up with Bill Toms. And Bill has a new album out. Rhythm and Blues Artists, thanks to Mike Farley for connecting us. And this is his 10th studio album. And had an opportunity to talk about his inspiration, how he put the album together his style and it was really interesting that he wrote this album he started it right before the pandemic so there's one song that was recorded in february and then the pandemic hit and he actually wrote his whole album the first time and you know this is his 10th studio album this is the first time that he recorded it swapping files back and forth and he said it was very refreshing and it inspired him so I know we've been talking about this a lot about musicians that are creating music during the pandemic, but it was interesting to interview someone that was actually inspired because of the pandemic. Yeah, that's a fascinating idea. Like you said, we've, you know, we've talked considerably about the idea and we've written about on the, um, you're working remotely and other stuff we've done on the website about how musicians are keeping their creative juices going. What, you know, what are the projects they're working on? How are they creating music while, I mean, we're at a year now, right? For the, for the past year as the coronavirus pandemic has gone on. And so it's, it's really fascinating to think about uh, what Bill and, and the folks working with him have been doing. Yeah. And the album is a response to the pandemic. So yeah, I started asking about all the tracks and, and the story behind them. And he's like, yeah, so I, I wrote that song because of social media. And then he talked about another song. It was a response. So it's interesting how it, we're starting to get a glimpse with Bill's album of what's to come. And this album is going to be coming out in another month or so. And I think there's a sneak peek out there of some of the music. But I find this fascinating that we're going to get this wave of music. And then he also started talking about, you know, the inspiration and the writing style that changed because of how this was inspiring. So I think there's going to be a lot to come. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited about hearing more about, you know, this album, but just overall how this is just going to inspire so much music. Sure. I think, I think you're right to point to that theme and and we're starting to see it. Um, you know, you've got, uh, I'm already seeing songs, um, one, one, one act that comes to mind, AJR, some of the, the songs they've, they've put out lately are clearly, um, there's a connection to experiences they're having. And I think they've even talked about the idea, you know, what they're experiencing, hanging out in their apartment in New York, just trying to write music, right? You know, and so I think you're right. And so, like you talked about uh, talking to Bill, the idea that the pandemic itself, that the experiences you're having are inspiring the music that you're writing. And isn't that, I mean, that's what we talk about. That's what so many musicians have talked about. That's so much of what uh, music is about, that these are my experiences and I put those experiences down in music. And we've, we've thought for some time, ever since this began, there was already the idea that, okay, you know, what are we going to see come out of this? What kind of work is this going to inspire? What what is this? What are people going to create based on those experiences? How are they going to talk about, sing about, musically put into music those types of those experiences? And so here we're seeing an example of uh, an early example of exactly what you're saying that flow of things that we're going to see come out over the next year, two years, uh, several years as the the stuff that people are doing and the experiences they having 
translate into the music that they're writing. Yeah. Well, without further ado, let's go to the interview with Bill. And then when we come back, we'll wrap it up. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tunes Mate. And I have the honor to be joined by Bill Toms. Bill, how are you? I'm great, Mark. How are you? Good, good. Yeah. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, it's great to get you on the line and talk about your music. You know, I was talking with Mike Farley and he said, you got to listen to this smoking blues band. They've got a new album out. And I was looking it up. I'm like, is this your 10th album? Uh, I think so. I yeah. kind of lost count, but yeah, I think that we've got, we have a couple live records out as okay. well. Live album, yeah. 10th studio album, I guess I should say. And so I had, I had a chance and I was listening to the preview of it. And then I was, you know, checking out, I saw on Spotify, the top song being played on Spotify is darkest side of town. And oh, also okay. well, I got good. no use for what you're selling me. Oh, okay. Well, I thought that was I'll pretty interesting. That out. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. A couple of the songs that you have out there. I mean, obviously, you have written a lot of music. I saw on your site you have opened for you know some of the biggest names in rock and in blues. So, Mm -hmm. what's a little bit of background about your music, and what would you consider your style for all the listeners out there that are interested in finding more about you? Right. Well, I think uh, style is uh, an interesting concept. uh, You know. Mm I say it's rhythm and blues myself. That incorporates a lot of different genres. I mean, we play a lot of soul music, a lot of blues music, rock and roll, and even folk music. I do a lot of folk stuff. So really, I guess it's Americana, whatever that means. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it, it just includes a lot of, of American, the American history of, of this style of music, what I call folk music, whether that's, and it's all based around the blues, you know, it all comes from that mm-hmm. gospel, gospel music, you know, so uh, I call it rhythm and blues, you know. Yeah, well, I definitely can feel that when I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. I was reading the bio and it says, you know, it's compared to, you know, Dr. John, Springsteen, Otis Redding. I mean, that's right there in that mix of Americana as you classify it. Yeah, those are all the, I think that that's music, you know, what I grew up with for one thing, but, uh, you know, you know, it's that middle of America. I put out a record uh, in 2011 called Memphis, and basically it's the idea of taking all these uh, grooves and rhythms, and you know, and to me, the heart of it all is, is the center of the country, is, is the center of the music of, of America, is, is Memphis, Tennessee, you know, and all that, you know, Elvis and Rufus Thomas and you know all that's all that music that's just you know and that and it just filters out you know to, to New Orleans and, and Chicago and of course Pittsburgh and New York but uh, I'm just influenced by all that stuff you know yeah I mean was there a moment growing up that you saw a specific you know it seems like a lot of musicians say oh the first time I saw you know the Beatles or the first time I you know I saw an artist somewhere was there a specific moment where you knew you were going to be a musician um, yeah, I think I don't remember a time when I didn't think I was going to be a musician, or at least a, I shouldn't say one thought I was going to be a musician, but actually um, had it in the back of my head that that was already preordained, you know, mm-hmm. and I think my I, I had two older sisters and, and my one sister who was 10 years older than me, um, listened to a lot of music, you know, and this is the the 60s you know and this was uh, a lot of Motown 
And in Pittsburgh, there was a lot of what they would call garage music or or uh, blue-eyed soul music, I guess. And she would have all these 45s of uh, you know, the Arondes, 69, which was a, the first song I ever really learned on guitar. Probably that you, you're not even familiar with, but there was this, this, this music that was just kind of popular in the Pittsburgh area, the dances at the time. So I would, I would hear all this. I didn't really understand it, but it just, you know, it affected me as I grew older and, and as I grew older and I got into rock music and, you know, whatever we were listening to at the time, you know, the punk music, I always kind of went back to that, what I call like, you know, the soul of it, mm -hmm. you know, which was stacks and, and, and Motown. And is that where the horn section comes in? Cause that's pretty uh, dominant in, in yeah. some of the music I was listening to through your catalog. Yeah. I mean, I've always been interested in creating something like, you know, like how, Albert King or or some of these guys, uh, some of the blues artists used, you know, uh, how the, the Stax artists used the horns, the, you know, the Memphis horns and everything. It, it wasn't like Tower of Power, it, but it was it was just part of the the environment of the music. That's kind of like what I always wanted to try. And I kept nudging that way, <laughs> you know, fine, until finally a few years ago, we just decided to, to get a you know, a trumpet player and a, a trombone player to accompany our, our saxophone player. So that's how that all came about. That's great. Now, what about the new album? And you talked about, you put one out back in 2011, you know, kind of hearkening back to the center of, of rock and roll, rhythm and blues. Like, right. You, you said, what about this album? I mean, it's entitled Keep Moving On. Was there something that inspired you was there a common thread i was listening to it and I, I can kind of pick up some of the the vibe there but i was interested to see what was coming from you yeah well the, the, i think the common thread through this this record is is the pandemic how it started was you know i had a conversation with a friend of mine we had lunch one day he's a he's a lawyer he's a business guy you know so his mind works a little bit differently than mine does because i'm the artist you know <laughs> so i don't really think numbers i don't think business wise and he was trying to show me some business opportunities or whatever and he said well tell me about the music business tell me about what you do and so i was trying to explain to him you know about you know gigs and about touring and about how you get paid and you know the, the whole cycle of of how it all works you know and and I, I was telling him how, you know, how much we make, <laughs> and, you know, and I was explaining all this, this stuff to him. And he finally put his pen down and he said, now tell me, why do you do this? And it hit me like, I can't even explain this to this man, you know, why I do what I do. Because in his mind, it's, it's totally foreign. Why would you do something where you, you know, the hours are terrible, you know, you got to travel around staying at crappy hotels and you don't make a whole lot of money. Why would you do something like that uh, for 40 years? So that's where the, the title track came from. Keep moving on because you have to, as an artist, you have to understand what keeps you sane, what makes you, you know, what keeps you alive is, is to get up and create. And I, um, you know, then this pandemic hit and it just kind of took away everything that I did for 40 years. I mean, it took away my, the live shows, which I was a performer. So for me to stay who I was, to stay sane, 
I had to continue to write and I had to continue to create and record. So that's, I think that's the the theme of the album, really. If there is a theme, I think it's, it's about moving forward uh, creatively, emotionally, just not just physically, but, you know, all those other things. Yeah, that's a strong message. And a couple of the songs that stood out to me, and I, you know, I went from top to bottom on this, listened to a few times, and was curious to see there's one track, it's everybody's talking. What was the, uh, I got to keep moving on. How does that fall? What was the story behind that one? Well, you know, in this time, you know, in the last few years, and especially with the last with the last year, the way things were, you know, we do a lot of talking. Because, you know, I, I think that that action speaks louder than words. We hear that all the time. Action speaks louder than words. So that's you know, basically, that's what this song is about. It's about mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we we talk about the world needing love, the world need hope. We need hope. We need this. We need it. Well, you can't, you know, you can talk and you can scream and you can cry about it all you want. You can get on social media and talk about it. But unless you do something about it, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of where that song went. Yeah, it was strong message. And then you followed up with Come to Me, which was, you know, I, for some reason, I listened to that one a lot and it, it seemed very soulful and mm-hmm was wondering, were these in any particular, you know, obviously you're putting these in an order because you're, you want, you know, there's some kind of order to the way the songs are, but was it purposely put right after everybody's talking for a moment to kind of reflect? It's I curious. think so. I think it, those two songs, you know, cause I had, you know, it, it took me a while to figure out the order of these songs. Those two songs seem to run smoother than anything else just for the simple fact that you're going from this really a you know almost a, a new orleans you know jazz groove to this philly soul sound you know but it's all part of that for me you know this is me as the artist it all it's all about that american sound what you're listening to it, it incorporates all that you know, um, when you listen to a radio, especially years ago, when you listen to AM radio back in the 60s or early 70s, I mean, you listen to Aretha Franklin, you know, and then you would hear um, the Rolling Stones next to that. And that's, to me, that that makes sense. I like the flow. Of it. And you said, so this is a pandemic record. So you wrote this during the pandemic? Yeah, I wrote a lot of it during the pandemic. It's, a lot of it was written before. As a matter of fact, we, we had started Come To Me was the first song that we started recording. I think I had like one session. We did one session in February. And um, after that, we realized, okay, well, we can't all be in the same room together. You know, we're, we can't go to the studio and like we normally would. We normally would go into the studio and you know, there would be anywhere between four and five people in this room together recording rhythm tracks. And we realized that, well, that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah. So what we had to do is to take a whole different way. Now I know a lot of people have been recording this way for years and most people do it is, uh, you know, you record and you create or maybe a drum loop or, or something and then start, you know, putting your instruments on it and layering it. But I've never done it that way. I've never really been interested in that way. I like to, to be in a room with the drummer, you know. So when I started doing this, my, the, you know, Rick Wachowski, who's a great, great artist himself with Crack the Sky, he's producing it. And, um, 
he said, let's try this, you know, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. And um, I was recording stuff at home and I would just send him, you know, I would send him an idea, uh, you know, with a, with a drum loop. He was, he would, since he's a drummer too, so he would create a drum part. You know, we would just build it. I would send guitar parts to him and then I would go down to the studio and put the vocals on at the studio, but all the guitar parts, pretty much, I would say 80% of the guitar parts were done at my house, you know, my guitar parts at least. So it was, it was an interesting way and it was a fresh way because I could actually hmm. work on arrangements more so than I, maybe it did in the past. That's and uh, yeah, and I could actually get, you know, we got Will Kimbrough sending, you know, cause he was produced my last three studio records. So he sent up, you know, a couple guitar parts, the bass player that I use in Europe, um, sent in a bass a bass part from you know Bologna, Italy. You know, so we were. It, it was interesting, and it was a fresh way for me as an artist. You know, because you don't want to make the same record all the time. Yeah. So I I, en I enjoyed the process. I really did. I I thought it was a great way to to present these songs. Yeah, and in the process, I know everyone has their own way of creating music, but it sounds like your process is to you, you kind of get inspired to create pieces of music and then send them away when that's happening are you more of a it you know, just kind of comes to you or are you methodically saying today i need to create some songs no no i tend to let it happen you know I, i'll go through uh the last well, about the last year and a half i went through a pretty good uh, creative spurt hmm. um, and that'll happen you know where you're writing every day maybe or you know and the ideas are coming pretty quick. And then you may hit a spot that they don't come that. And I, I, I let it, I just let it take me where I feel it's going. I try not, I know, I know guys that actually, you know, write as if it was a, a job in a factory. You know, you get up at eight o'clock and you're, you know, you're right for four hours, take a lunch. I, I've never done it that way. I've just like kind of let it flow and come to me when it comes to me. And, Thank God it's always been coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want the well to dry out. So, yeah, so, right. So you've got this new album. And question, you know, for our listeners out there, if someone wanted to, you know, narrow down and go, you know, I, I really want to find out what Bill Toms and, you know, Hard Rain, what, what it's all about is, what would you point them to? Is, is, it, is it a live record? Is it, you know, check out this, this latest one because it's the best work that I, I've done. Where would you point them to if you really want to get them familiarized with your work? Well, I think, I think, yeah, I think the, the late, the, the last, you know, this new one that that's coming out, keep moving on is, is probably um, a great, because this is where we are now, you know, and this is where we, we work to get to this point but uh there's a couple other i mean the live records we have two live records one from moon dogs which was put out i think around 2000 oh i don't even know 2009 maybe and then there was another one that was released uh, two years ago um it's just called live mm -hmm. and that kind of if you play the live records it kind of like gives you an idea of where we where things went in the last 10 years um, yeah. and how we got, how we got to this place so yeah and then like i said i think the newest one is the 
is always the best. <laughs> of course. And you've got some live dates coming up. I checked your website mm -hmm. up and I know, you know, with the pandemic, it's always kind of touch and go. Are those dates out there? And are you gearing up for those? Or is it still kind of a question mark for you to get out there in the live? No, no, we're, we're, um, those are set, you know, those are all confirmed Great. dates. And we started in Columbus, Ohio in May 15th, I believe. And we just started rehearsals this past week. So yeah, Great. we're going to, we're ready. We're getting ready to go, you know, and I'll be doing, you know, some acoustic shows as well. I do a lot of, uh, you know, singer songwriter type shows. So, and I've been doing some virtual things, you know, and we do, some, I've got some, you know, we're raising, people are raising money, of course, for Save Our Stage. And um, so I got one of those coming up. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're starting to, we're, you know, we got the engines rolling. So you, you can know. find all the information on billtoms.com. Yep. And you've got some dates out there. So people can come to see you and you're going to be supporting yep. your new album. Are you going to be playing the whole album or a few songs off of it? obviously yeah. you're proud of the material yeah and i think what happens with with anything like that any of the new stuff and you know you you you're gonna play them all at some point and certain things work live better than others i mean i always look at the live show as a different entity a different way of presenting the music than a mm. than a recording so you know you, you you change things i mean a lot of stuff that we recorded you know we're just we never really played before so as it starts to evolve live, it'll change a little bit. So, I, That's great. you know, and some things, you know, some things just fall flat live, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't You live, work. you learn. <laughs> you live and you learn, yeah. <laughs> and you're talking about playing live, I mean, your bio, I mean, there's some names in there, the band, Bob Dylan, Springsteen, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, any of these artists give you some advice that you've never forgot? They said, you know, Bill, yeah. you, do this and you learn. Was there some nugget? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I played with Joe Grishecki and the House Rockers for, for 20 years. And we did a lot of a lot of the stuff with Bruce Springsteen that most people would probably know and, and are familiar with. You know, we recorded at his house. We recorded the album American Babylon at his house, his home studio in California back in 95. But yeah, I mean, there was always, I mean, one of the things that he told me one time was, you know, he said, the hardest thing that you're going to do is to find your voice. And I think what he meant, I kind of understood that how you present what you want to say, whether it's, you know, how the, what the band is going to be like, what the, not just your voice or the sound of your voice, but the, the personality of the, of the band, the personality of the music. Mm -hmm. You know what, what the audience is seeing, and so as I move forward from that that band, and I you know I tried to figure out where I you know what what little corner of the music world that I belonged in. I I tried to understand that you know what affected me and what you know my influences, and so that's where again that's where the the horns and that's where the you know the American sound comes through. Yeah. I knew I wasn't writing pop music uh a la you know like the british invasion pops type of stuff though i like to listen to it it wasn't i couldn't do that and serve it justice or, or things like that so you know um, I, I had to just stop and just do what i do best you know and, and feel comfortable doing so that was my uh 
voice or my way of presenting the, the things I wanted to say. Yeah, it sounds like some great advice. And the new album, is there a date when it's going to drop? Yeah, April 30th. All right. April so look 30th. for at yeah. your web address and all those fine retailers out there. Yep. Yeah, it should be distributed at all the all your major record stores. <laughs> Great. Do they still have those? Well, they're, believe it or not, I mean, there's uh, vinyl has been on the uptick. And I think yeah. I just read a study where it said cassettes were the most popularized uh, item during the that pandemic. Yeah, that, wow. Because I guess they're cheap and they're <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely interesting. Well, actually, wow. actually, we uh, the vinyl for this record will be released on July 9th. So right. it'll be released on April 30th via CDs and all digital outlets. And then the vinyl will come in, on July 9th. Well, it looks like we've got a lot to look forward to. And Bill, it was awesome to get to know you and well, you know, thank you. get exposed thank you. to your music. And did you have any other parting words for your fans out there or anybody that should be listening to your music? I just want to say thank you for, you know, for having me on. And I, I'm just excited about getting back to what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, you know, right. and, and get back out on the stage. So well, I hope come to, to the show. Come to the show. Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, Bill, I hope you have a great, uh, I guess, out there on the road. Best of luck to you. And uh, thank you. best of luck to, to the new record as well. It sounds great. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Sure. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Ray. Well, that was pretty fascinating listening to Bill and his experience of how he has just been inspired by the pandemic to put, put together the music and then with his band Hard Rain, how mm -hmm. really focusing on this Americana sound, as mm -hmm. Bill was saying to him, it's the center of the United States, Memphis, and that horn sound and you know what he grew up with. And I think to me, I started listening to his music and going back and, you know, I really am amazed how much thinking about what Bill said mm -hmm. and how that tapestry of Motown and mm -hmm. everything that came out of Memphis, that rhythm and blues is still predominant today, even though it may be masqueraded behind synthesizers mm -hmm. and some of the other uh, music that's out there. I really still think it's there. Yeah. There's a clear lines of musical style going back to the roots of, of rock and roll, you know, and then you go back to the forties and the fifties when this all is starting to, is coming together, you know, you've got the, the, the various, you know, we've talked about this before and there's plenty of folks out there to talk about it, but the various forms of music, uh, jazz, gospel, country, blues, et cetera, that come together to form what becomes known as rock in the fifties. You know, the, there is a, a blending there that is still, at the heart of a lot of music today. And so we can listen to a lot of stuff. Here we are, you know, nearly 70 years later and from sort of the quote unquote official, official beginnings of rock and roll in the mid fifties. And yet you can listen to new bands, you know, not just one line of music. You can listen to pop music. You can listen to indie music. You can listen to, to rap and hip hop. You can listen to country music you can, and you can see the strains of pop music, the lines of, of pop music and rock music building into all that stuff. And even in ways where on the surface, folks might say, well, how does that sound like, you know, that? Well, we'll take a listen, you know, listen for the way that those horns sound. Think about, you know, what a little over a year ago, 
And we, we, you know, we talked about when we did our, our podcast on our, our top tunes of the year, our favorite songs from 2020, I think both of us had Lizzo in there, right? And, you know, one of the things I loved about uh, Good As Hell was that it had that old corn line, like that you heard from Motown and Stax Records and all of that stuff back in the 60s. And, and it had that feel. Here was this song 50, you know, 50 years later, 50 more, more than 50 years later had that. And so like, like you're saying, you know, insofar as we think of that as, as the American scene, right, as Americana or American music or American popular music and, and how the different forms, because there's all kinds of different American popular musics, how those come together. And, and, you know, that's a type of art form itself, trying to, to find the ways that, that these different lines, where, where's the, the center? And, and as you mentioned, Memphis is one of those centers, right? Oakland is another, Detroit is another, New Orleans is another, right? We, you know, we can look at any number of, of places as these, these central spots in the development of rock. And yeah, exactly what, what Bill's doing here is, is part of that, as you said, fabric. Yeah, and it was fascinating that you know, Bill. I asked him. I said, "You know, I'm looking on your website. You've got some dates coming up here in May." He's like, "Oh yeah, we're we're going out, <laughs> we're going out on tour, and we're going to be you know blended in some of these new songs that we just you know produced." And he said, "But the live experience, it's different. It's it's I approach that's way different than what's in the studio," and I think that's interesting that even though he's got this new album when you're going out on the road it's a totally different experience and i can't imagine how many artists are just salivating waiting <laughs> to get out there on a stage because the energy you feel back mm -hmm. from the audience mm -hmm. is something that you live for and i mm -hmm. could tell talking to bill he and his band are practicing and they cannot wait for that live show and i keep thinking how many other shows are we going to start seeing now as the pandemic is there's some glimmer i mean a lot of people saying you know don't let your guard down right 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 you can still see that there's a lot that's starting to change with how people are having a thought process around this and when i saw those dates i was like bill must just be pumped <laughs> Well, and that's, you know, that's, that's part of that experience, right? And that's part of how even that experience can translate to the rest of us. As you said, you know, we don't want to, you know, the, all the warning signs are don't let our guard down yet, right? You know, that, that idea, don't count your chickens before they're hatched. You know, you, you know, you, you can, you can, you know, I, I you know, you think of uh, a team that, um, you know, that has a lead going into the final inning, you know, it doesn't mean you don't still have to play that final inning, right? You know, Cleveland Indians fans know that, Bill right? Buckner, hold on a second. <laughs> you know. Jose Mesa? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jose Mesa, you know, in, in 1997, or, you know, the Cubs in Cleveland in, you know, 2016. And, you know, we, we know this, right? We know, we know this. And we, we know this in so many different other aspects of life, that idea that, you know, it's not over yet. We can't act like it's over yet and we still do need to be diligent it ain't over till it's but, over. but as you said we can see we can see that glimmer right there's okay we see the light we we see that if there's a we see a, a real possibility that you know by christmas or by whatever time you know that this summer we might get to do a little bit more than we did last summer and then but maybe by christmas we're gonna have you know even a little even more than we had and so we're seeing that that opening up and you're right, that idea that 
when you're live, I mean, it is a different feeling. And, and that's something that so many of us feel, right? That, you know, as, a, as somebody who's a teacher, I mean, I've taught online classes for, you know, two decades, but there's something about being in front of a classroom that has a, a, a similar kind of feel to you're, you're on stage and, you know, versus, yeah, I'm just making music in my studio. So many people talk about, you know, having Zoom meetings and having, you know, sort of Zoom burnout, you know, or whatever. And it's the same kind of thing, right? That idea that that we're we're sitting, we're each just sitting cooped in our own desk space, wherever that is. And we feel this desire to go be live with people, right? We, whether it's, you know, whether it's playing music in front of a class um, you know, uh, in a meeting where we're actually having real interaction with people at the meeting rather than we're all on Zoom, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, just hanging out and socializing with people, there's that live feeling to that. And, and that translates right into the experience of musicians. And so, yeah, it's got to be, you know, they're, they're chomping at the bit. And I think, I think back, not to, to belabor this, but I think that there's a connection here. You know, you think to, to folks like Van Morrison and Eric Clapton and who I think, somebody responsibly, you know, promoting live music during the pandemic and trying to, you know, argue against mandates for, you know, against public gatherings and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I get it. That's the thing. We get it. We, there is something about not performing live that's probably eating away at, at folks like that. And, but, you know, we still had that trade-off we had to do and, and, but, you know, that's where we, we can, we, Again, I disagree with what they were saying, but I can understand where there's that that desire, you know, that you want to get back. And so we hope that, you know, we're able to do this responsibly and, and, and effectively. Um, but yeah, that live feeling is part of the whole experience. And, and it's why so many folks get into it in the first place. Yeah, well, Bill has an incredible new album out. I had a chance to listen to it. It does have that sound of Americana and he talked about finding his sound. He got some advice from some of his fellow musicians that he had to find his sound. And to him, it was having a very rhythm and blues with this horn sound. And if you listen to it, I mean, it, it, it ebbs and flows. There's, there's a lot of passion you can hear in the album. And I think those that, if you like you know, that old kind of Motown mm-hmm. rhythm and blues vibe, this is something that just like we always say here at Tunes Mate, if you're stuck listening to the same music all the time, which we all fall into, our goal here is to introduce you to artists that maybe you haven't heard of before or songs by artists that you listen to all the time that you didn't even listen to. Or forgot about so falls right in line with with today's message and that's our mission here ray i mean we're constantly trying to put things in front of you to inspire you and if we just continue i mean there's been so much music that has been hitting the site and we're hope we're continuing to, to give you that shot of inspiration yeah that's what we're doing you know it's just about the joy of music and hopefully uh, you find stuff you like for everyone here at tunes mate Don't forget to subscribe to our blog, subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media. We're constantly, we're very active, probably most active on Twitter. 
that's probably our mainstay. There's always a lot of news. There's all, a lot of feedback and conversations we're having there. And we'd love to have you part of our journey as we continue to inspire you with music. So check out Bill Toms and the Hard Rain's latest album. And without further ado, I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And we will see you next time. Thank you.